Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Tom Wells here. Today is Tuesday, March the 20th, 2018, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, your third daily dose of Happy for the Day. We've had two happy doses earlier today. Now we're on our third one. That's that's the good thing about Tuesdays. Tuesdays, we're inundated with happy. It makes me feel great. It's wonderful. So how you doing, Tom? Well, I'm happy. Well, that's good. That's a good way to go. <laughs> that's... I'm certainly not sad. Um, I'm, I'm definitely going through a lot of changes, and it's good. It's good stuff, you know, just evolving in my relationship with relationships. <laughs> well, that's how we know that we're alive, because the more that, you know, things yeah. keep changing, then we know, okay, the growth is still happening, so I'm still alive. The moment that it stops, <laughs> then all of a sudden I'm pushing up daisies. So, you know, hey, yeah. the change is a good thing. <laughs> I'll go with change. I like it. Yeah, I, I like it. It's I'm always wanting to evolve, and so uh, I get my wish a lot. And and lately, in the area of relationships, I think I probably have more vulnerability than some other areas. I think probably that and money are two of my. Mm. I suppose that's true for a lot of people. Oh um, sure. But I I certainly notice in my coaching that relationships is by far the biggest issue that everybody contacts me with. Oh really? I'm, yeah, there's hardly anybody who contacts me for almost any other reason than something going on with a relationship. And that, I don't know if that's because I'm vibrating with that more because I certainly don't advertise that on my website as the main thing I'm coaching on. Well, um, well but, something you have in common with Cindy because she also she actually touts herself as a relationship well, I coach. Know, I know. Yeah, yeah. She, that's her specialty. Yeah, and and I mean she gets tons of relationship issues, so you definitely have a similar vibration going on there. Well, I could pursue it as my, you know, as my as my niche. I, I haven't really. I've been more of a generalist in the fact that I talk to people about anything pretty much, and uh, I have experience as an entrepreneur and you know lots lots of different things I can talk about. Mm. But um, but I'm wondering if relationships might be a really good field for me to pursue more of. Oh, I'd uh, say so. I mean, it's we- definitely. A big thing for me in my life. Yeah, and if you're getting all these contacts from people, I think the the marketplace is speaking. <laughs> I think it's saying, Tom, this is your specialty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in fact, one guy contacted me recently and said, "Well, the reason I t- contacted you because I saw on your website how relationships is your big thing." And I'm thinking, really? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that. I re- but I thought he read it that way. Read it that way. It shows how important perception is. I mean, that, that's something that just really strikes me. Perception is everything. I, I was, um, I don't, I, I don't generally follow the news, but I do have a tendency to follow what's going on, um, with a number of things kind of swirling around President Trump just because, oh yeah, there's, there's quite a few things there. I know. It's always. And most stuff I just don't even read the articles on. The only time I'll ever read the article is if it just kind of stokes my interest about, you know, I, I see certain things happening. I'm wondering, is it, you know, reinforcing my pattern that I'm seeing? So if I see an article that suggests that, I'll read the article to see, does it hold true to the pattern? Does it go against the pattern? What is it doing? Um, the latest news that came out was this thing about uh, Cambridge Analytics and how the British TV channel um, infiltrated them. And it was fascinating. I don't know if you saw the video that Channel 4 in Britain put out about how they had uh, penetrated Cambridge Analytics and gotten their CEO and one of their top guys to admit some stuff that they would never have admitted if they knew they were on live camera, (laughs) (laughs) including some really dirty tricks kind of stuff. And, and it, but it was still fascinating just to hear some of the things they had to say. For instance, at one point, the number two guy said, you know, people um, attacking uh, issues in elections is useless because elections are all about emotions. And I heard that. And I just smiled because I've been saying that for years. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so here's like one of the top guys who are also probably one of the, the slimiest guys. But nevertheless, it was a guy who knows his stuff saying, you know, the same thing that I'd been saying. The only, yeah. the only real difference is he's he's trying to, um, you, know, you know, leverage it to to take advantage of, of the emotional side and, and, you know, twist people's emotions around into, into knots and all that kind of thing in order to get a certain result for his candidate. Where I just sit mm-hmm. back kind of like an observer and say, wow, this is really crazy stuff. <laughs> But other than that, I mean, it's it's truly amazing the role that emotion plays. And that's where I'm trying to get to Hall, with, with this little sideline, this little tangent here. Mm-hmm. Emotion is huge. It plays a gigantic role in relationships. 
and obviously that's you know the big thing that you're getting the attention on from your clients. It plays a big role in understanding how to be a, a deliberate creator. I mean, you can't be a deliberate creator without understanding the role of emotion in it. And if you try to do it without you know, paying attention to the emotion, that's where we get the most resistance. That was where we all trip up because mm-hmm. we don't realize it's not just what you think. Thinking is only a, a part of it. It's, not, it's certainly an essential part, but it's only a part of it. And every yeah. single thought has an emotional context. If you don't take that emotional context into account, then things don't work out the way you don't ex- they, they don't work out the way you expect them to work out. It's really critical stuff. So you know, one thing that go go ahead. No, no, that's right. I, I was I was kind of winding down there. So go ahead. One thing that you know we know that Abraham has said, or we learned from Law of Attraction, of course, is that recently I heard them say, uh, you know, your your thoughts are what determine your reality and what's coming next in your life, you know, how your life's unfolding and your emotions are your guidance system as you go along, you know? So that's why the two go hand in hand. And, but they've indicated at other times, you know, that without the emotional guidance system, we wouldn't know when we're on track or off track because that's, that's our source self saying, you know, you're on track or you're off track. You know, Thank goodness for that too. I mean, I'm glad that it's there because I've always been very concerned that I didn't know how to read signals from my inner being. And knowing that emotions are signals from the inner being, that was a revelation for me. Like, oh, good. I have a way to communicate. This is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Not only that, for me to know that they are an, um, that they're a guidance system and that that's what they really are all about, it takes this huge weight off them being these strange, you know, things that just are there and you've got to deal with them. And right. they can... And you, and of course, the old paradigm of the psychiatric psychological approach from the what 50s, 60s, 70s was that these these emotions are are locked in your body and locked in your subconscious, and they can they can sneak out at any time and overwhelm your life. You know, mm. oh, yeah. and uh, there is that old feeling, you know, like and that interestingly, in in going deeper into who we are as infinite beings, um, I was reading this stuff from Seth where they said, you know, we're afraid to go deep into ourselves and find what our inner beings want to tell us. You might say in the dream time, you know, in the world of, of that subconscious unconscious world, because we're, we were programmed earlier to believe that there's, there's scary things in our subconscious and our unconscious. Therefore don't go there unless you're under the supervision of a psychiatrist or, you know, a a psychologist, because, it can be you can be unleashing these demons yeah, and definitely a 70s attitude <laughs> yeah it's it, it's an old attitude that yeah i just was realizing hearing that from seth that wow i'm so glad i'm beyond that because it was only a few years ago that i was still sort of thinking that way it was really until i got heavily into abraham and they started saying you know your emotions are your guidance system they're mm. they're telling you are am i aligning with my higher self or not, you know, what does my higher self think about the thing I'm thinking, you know, and if you're, if the thing you're thinking is giving you great fear or sorrow or great anger, it's, it's not what your higher self, it's not how your higher self sees that situation. So, you know, you can readjust. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's one of the ask. really, that's one of the really, um, what's the word soothing. It's uh, comforting things about, no, the, the, the pieces of information that Abraham has given, uh, the idea that when the inner inner being is, in a sense, reacting or interacting with the physical being and producing either positive or negative emotions, that the inner being is always looking at our physical experience in totally positive eyes. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And that if we're looking at anybody in a critical way, and this comes into relationship stuff, which is what started this whole conversation on Monday morning was – you know, that I was having the situation where I felt like I was looking at the women I'm dating in, you know, for what I'm critical of in their, uh, in their manner, in their personality or their appearance or in the things they're choosing in their life. Critical in the sense of asking myself, could I be comfortable in a relationship with a woman who's into that or looks that way or acts that way um, or who's not into things that I'm into? Mm-hmm. And um, my emotional guidance system is really telling me when I'm being critical that I'm not seeing it the way source sees that person. 
And it's interesting that the panacea to all relationship issues, according to Abraham, you might say that the ultimate panacea is to be able to see the other and, of course, ourselves first in the light of our positive qualities. Mm, that's true. And if we can see ourselves that way and then, you know, they even literally said, if you find 10 things um, in every person that you know, find 10 things that are positive qualities. I thought that was so cool. You know, like they're saying, in every person, find, and they even said in everything in your life, find, find 10 things that you can appreciate. Then um, you will eventually tune your vibration to where you will no longer go to that place of things that you don't appreciate. You yeah, know, that's you quite literally, an exercise. It's literally just an old habit where we think that if I am critical, I'll be protecting myself from getting hurt. You know, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I can certainly say for myself, the mirror exercises I've been doing have shown me that and that we, we can reprogram it. I mean, those mirror exercises, I, I've actually been doing them for over a month now. I'm on day 31. Um, can you tell you've changed? Yeah, I, I can I can point to improvements that have happened. The biggest improvement is that my goal was to get rid of the, the negative self-talk. The negative self-talk has not disappeared entirely, but it has faded. And I told that to, uh, on a few of the, the uh, podcasts how the negative self-talk voice was very, very loud when I first started. And now when it does crop up, which is less frequently, it's very soft. You know, I, I, I almost, if, if, if I'm really willing to focus, I don't hear it at all. If I'm not mm -hmm. focusing, if I'm just kind of like, you know, generally, you know, grooving on whatever's going on, then it will sneak in and I'll hear it. But mm -hmm. it has definitely reduced, which is great. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've also heard, I, I, I did this obviously because Canfield said, Jack Canfield said that he did it. And when he did it after some 30, 40 days, his negative self-talk disappeared entirely. Well, that was enough motivation yeah. for me. That's what made me want to do it. Right, um, but I've also heard people say, um, in fact, one of the contributors to the book that we're putting together that I'm currently finishing the editing on um, reported how he had been doing mirror work for years and making no progress at all. So it's not like mirror work is, an, is a panacea. It's just another tool that you know it will work or not work depending on who you are and where you are in your development. So you can try it and see if it works. The, mm -hmm. the important thing is um, I found a way to to reduce that negative self-talk. And mm -hmm. I did it in a way that, that fit me. So that, to me, is the big victory that I, I accomplished that much. And by the way, something else that we count as a big victory, this is a Tuesday night show. The reason we do the Tuesday night show is to encourage people to call in who not normally are able to call in during the weekdays, either in the morning shows or the afternoon shows. You know, Tuesday evening is a little bit easier time, uh, you know, less things going on. You don't have a boss looking over your shoulder or whatever. So we're encouraging you, if you are listening live right now, feel free. Uh, go to the, the – well, if you're listening live, you're on the homepage of LOAToday.net because that's where the live player is. Um, but if you're there and you're listening and you want to join the conversation, there's instructions right there on the homepage on how to connect into the Zoom platform. Just click on the little Zoom link there. And it'll run you through the steps to set up, and we'll be glad to talk to you. So, uh, in the meantime, we'll just keep talking relationships, but uh, we'd love to include you in the relationship. <laughs> yeah, anything that the folks want to talk about. Yeah, really. We're we're just here, and we'd love to hear your opinion about anything about law of attraction and what's going on in your life. Yeah, we talk about the relationships just because that's what we talked about Monday. So Tom's and my approach is, well, whatever we talk about Monday morning, we'll do Tuesday night until we get a caller. Very simple. <laughs> <laughs> and I try to pick a topic that's got some longevity to it. And relationships we could talk every show about and never run out of things to say, I suppose. Absolutely. They might get a little bit boring, but there's so many different uh, <laughs> ways to approach this question of relationships uh, just because we all get ourselves in interesting situations with them oh, yes. where we curious i i was really surprised recently when i got into a relationship for several months how much it brought up in me of things that i'm never dealing with you know <laughs> just all of a sudden all these different things are on my plate that um and i and i and i especially saw how what i was projecting onto her was incredibly affecting how she would show up you know like if i was expecting Re to see regardless of who the she is meaning like generically well, I'm talking about her specifically, One but specific. yes, I think it, it is regardless of who it is. But in this particular relationship, I was able to see really clearly that, you know, I I started out with a tremendous amount of focus on positive qualities and and then slowly the qualities that I 
didn't find as um, easy for me to live with started to become bigger for me. And then to the degree that I would look at those things and focus on them, they would become bigger and bigger till finally it was like they were pretty much occupying most of the relationship with her. You know, I was thinking, you know, this isn't going to work out for me because there's just too many things here that are clearly deal breakers for me. And, um, and since then, you know, being a separator from her for a few months, I've come to see that, wow, I did a lot of that to myself and I knew it at the time. And I also, you know, it brought up the question that prompted this, this particular podcast and the one before, which was if there are unwanted characteristics in your partner or in the person you're dating, uh, you know, then what do you do about those things if you feel that they may be things that you simply could never get beyond? You know, they're just going to be, they're just going to be more than you could handle. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I was asking my friend who I'm talking about here and she said, you know, well, she has things like that too, but you know, she focuses on one day at a time, one breath at a time, one moment at a time and lets herself just be guided by, you know, the indication she gets from, you might say from source, you know, um, and that is the way that she, that she can follow her intuition and her guidance, follow her heart, you could say. And, and I, I agree. I, I mean, Abraham said, you know, that it's the ideal relationship is already in your vortex and the when, where, who, and how is all going to unfold for us in a very beautiful way. If we, trust or allow it to unfold Mm -hmm. from our vortex and we don't try too hard to manipulate all those details you know they said it's it's fine to have all those details but when we're focused on them to the exclusion of allowing when we're when we're trying too hard as it comes down to in my Mm -hmm. mind trying trying too hard i mean after the last episode you suggested i make a list of the qualities that i'm looking for in a in a long-term relationship. And I, I, I listed 25 of them, you know, I already had (laughs) sort of a, I I had some sheets written out of what I wanted in a partner and I wasn't spending my time reading them because I felt they were so ingrained in me and that, and that my source self knows what I want in a partner and I don't have to sit around reading them. Um, But just to hear that Abraham makes it so clear that all this stuff is malleable. It is changing constantly. So, Mm. Even though it seems like maybe the person wouldn't have the qualities that I want, uh, or maybe they have a bunch of them and they don't have the other ones, if I focus on the ones they don't have, then definitely it will make sure that that they won't have them, <laughs> and yes. they'll manifest. They'll manifest those things. I'll That's see right. those things, and it'll make it pretty hard to be with that person. But they said they were sort of saying anybody could be your vehicle for your own beautiful transformation and your own joyful life in relationship. If you could spend your time focusing on your alignment with source and seeing them in their alignment with source. Yeah, I think so. I think it's actually very true. I I think it's also interesting. You described a little bit earlier on there about how, um, when you were meeting certain women and, and it was actually that one woman you were talking about, but I, I also got the impression it was it, it could apply in many cases. You would meet somebody, and you would at first not notice any of the stuff that you really didn't want, but then stuff would start to emerge. And the more that you saw it, the more it emerged. And I, all yeah. I kept thinking when you were saying that was, well, yeah, he's giving us attention to it, so the law of attraction just keeps delivering it to him. And I'm thinking yeah. this is like one of those you know negative spiral things, and you don't even realize it when you're in the middle of it. It's like a it's like a hornet's nest is coming at you, all because well, you keep focusing on it, thinking, oh my god. <laughs> yes, and even if you know that it's happening, which I did, what if you know you say, what do I do with these negative qualities? Like if. If I'm concerned about them, how do I take my focus off them if I'm concerned that they're going to be deal breakers for me? Mm. You know, and so, of course, if I focus on them, then yes, they will become deal breakers, even if they weren't that big a deal. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <you know? laughs> That's the bizarre but part. <laughs> if I take my focus off them, then what will happen? And, and, and the other question that I've had often is, how do I take my focus off them? You know, if they're right there in my face, how do I not? 
you know, yes, I can say to the other person, you know, it really bothers me when you do a particular thing. But what if it's something they can't do anything about? It's just something in their appearance or something in their choice in life that they've clearly made, you know, that I, I just am not in agreement with. Um, or, it, or it really pushes my buttons when they go in that direction. Well, you know, how then do I not, how then do I turn my focus back to all the positive qualities. And I tried it for several months. I tried focusing always back to the positive qualities, but I find I didn't have the willpower to do that mm. um, and, and to completely disregard the things that bothered me. It's so, a challenge, no matter what we're talking about, yeah. whether it's relationships or, or career or, or you know, money or anything, you know, health, it doesn't matter what. Anything that, that we run into that is a big no in our preference list, right? Yeah. When, when it's there, it's, it, it's amazing. When it's something that's important to us, something that, that we feel like really makes a difference to us, it's amazing how hard it is to shift. And, and Abraham has told us how to shift. I mean, if we really want to shift, they've told us how you do it, right? And, and you, I'm sure you actually tried it because you said you tried looking at the positive side. But, you know, they described the incremental method. And with the incremental method, I, I definitely don't like this. And, and you know, I, I really wish it was more like this. And you just kind of work your way over to a happier and happier place. I'm sure that's what you did, too. But the weird thing is, even if we know that method, it's still hard. Because that preference thing is so important to us. Well, and for me, to the degree that I feel threatened, like let's say with money, if I if I feel like I don't have enough money and so I feel like, well, that means I'm going to run out eventually, or I could, you know, because I'm not bringing it in, say, enough, um, then, you know, how do you deal with the fear inside that says, you know, this is threatening? And you could always say to yourself or, or you could have a coach tell you, you know, like, well, you've just got to focus on uh, your trust and belief that you are taken care of and things will be okay and that everything's going to work out fine or what, you know, like, and, and that's all well and good in theory, but you know, that doesn't change necessarily the way the person really deals with it, you know, and even if they know, well, my fear of running out of money or my fear of getting into a relationship that's going to turn into a, a bad experience for me is something I don't, I don't want to focus on. But if the fear is there, you know, the question is in all of this work is how do you not go there? How do you not go into that place of fear? And perhaps part of the solution is not to avoid it entirely because it's not like we don't ever want to focus on negatives. We do want to focus on them. If for no other reason, than to spend enough time to say, you know what, I really don't want that. Well, that requires it that much focus to get to that point, you know. So you do have to focus on on negatives to a certain extent. The real question is, are we going to live with the negatives? Are we going to stay living in that negative space and and focusing on it and getting all wrapped up in it? That's the real question, and that's the harder question to answer because what it really means is, are we willing to do what it takes? to look at the alternatives and focus on the alternatives. We may not be. We may not be. And, and in that lies the crux of, of the problem for most people, the, the crux of resistance. Because at that point, we're basically saying, you know what? I'm not willing to give up on my resistance. Mm -hmm. And as long as that's the case, then we're going to be stuck right there. We just have to be willing to recognize that, okay, you know, I have the right. I, it is part of my my uh, birthright to, to choose what it is I want and what I don't want, what I'm going to focus on, what I'm not going to focus on. Mm -hmm. But we also have to recognize if I'm going to continue to focus on this thing that I don't want, then I have to be willing to accept what comes out of it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think the thing is like, like what really works for each of us. I like when Abraham says, find 10 favorite things about everyone and everything in your life and focus only on those. And then only favorable things will eventually come into your vibrational range. What they're saying is, you know, you can tune your vibrational range. You mm -hmm. can, you can learn new ways. And for me, it, it actually seems challenging to say, oh, I think I'll spend a month like you're doing in front of the mirror. I'll spend a month um, every day. I'll think of a person or something and I'll write 10 things I appreciate about that person or that or that thing in my life, you know, everything from my car to my house to, you know, my body, you know, whatever it is, you know, some other person, you know, I could, there's a lot of people I could write, try to write 10 things I appreciate about them. Mm 
Um, and it's like, it's just, am I willing to do it? Number one, am yep. I willing to, to put that much focus on it and say, okay, it matters. I'm going to use it as a way to tune my vibrational range because I've spent a lifetime having a vibrational range that exists between here and here. And a lot of my existing vibrational range is clearly one of finding fault or, or being in a problem mentality or being in a fear mentality or mm. an anger mentality. Sure. And so if I want to get out of that, like you in front of the mirror, I mean, you know, it's like you're trying to, to reprogram yourself. Right. And, and a lot of Abraham's stuff, I think, is, you know, all those methods in that book, Asking It Is Given, in a way, they're all methods to reprogram ourselves to be able to be in a new vibration. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's actually why I wanted to do the mirror work in the first place, because I've been working on myself to try to learn how to move my emotional range, like you described it, pretty much since the beginning, since I first understood and figured yeah. out that really the solution to understanding how to solve, you know, why this stuff isn't coming into my life that I was expecting and all of this stuff is and so forth. You know, solving that problem was all about improving my overall emotional set point on a regular basis and getting myself into a more positive range. So I've been very motivated. I wasn't really good at making the motion, making the move, making the change. At first, it, it took me forever to make any movement at all. Um, but once I finally started to get there, I, I've been very motivated to to make the change, to, to, to get to the better place. So I think once the, mo the idea of the mirror exercise came along, I was ready for it. You know, because I had tried other things with varying degrees of success or lack of success. And I really had not found anything yet that had enabled me to leave the negative self-talk behind. So when I heard Canfield, you know, Cindy was the one who told me, you know, Jack Canfield said after 40 days of mirror work, his negative self-talk was gone. I was like, oh, sign me up. I'm ready. <laughs> because yeah. I was already in that frame of mind. On the other hand, if I had been in the frame of mind, and again, I'm thinking of this one author who's contributed to the book. His frame of mind was very clearly, he, he describes it nicely in his story, his frame of mind was really in a negative place. My words, not his, but he was in this negative place. And all the mirror work in the world wasn't going to help because he was not ready to shift that emotional set range. He was not ready to, to, to shift that range on a regular basis. He was still staying in the negative range. Well, mm -hmm. you know, you've got to be ready for it. It's not like it's a magical thing that you can just wave your wand and all of a sudden by doing this exercise for 30 days, poof, everything goes away. That's not necessarily the way it works. You have to be ready. You have to put yourself into it. You have to be willing to contribute and say, you know what? I'm going to apply my will. I'm going to go for it. I'm just going to really start moving this thing. I don't even know how to move it, but I'm going to start moving it. If you're not willing to do that, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. I've had three or four clients who also um, contacted me because they were in what they considered to be an abusive relationship, mm. and yet it was a marriage. And so they said, um, I want to use law of attraction to make everything okay with me and my husband. Mm -hmm. um, and even though he, you know, he does these abusive things, if I just focus on his positive qualities – uh, will he change? You know, that was their question, you know, and it became an interesting, um, you know, coaching situation for me because I have to help them see, you know, like what's the difference between focusing on someone's wanted characteristics and knowing when to leave a relationship. Mm. And that's that there's also things like that that are going on. You know, you, there's a there's a point at which you I, I feel like it's it's it never hurts to focus on all the positive aspects and qualities, but to also realize that sometimes there just have to take action and change a situation in some, you know, overt way. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Cause we're not talking yeah. about an inanimate object. We're talking about another being who has willpower, mm -hmm. you know, and regardless of whether he understands how law of attraction works, he certainly has his willpower. And he either uses it or misuses it. It you know, could be any, any combination thereof. But the point is, he does have that willpower. So she can influence him. She could certainly influence him. But that doesn't mean the influence has to take. He has to be receptive to it. And it doesn't mean it will be enough influence to yeah. change th that negative situation. And one of the main things is that each person I know that I've dealt with in this situation has had to first begin to own 10 things that they appreciate about themselves. Yeah. You know, in other words, 
Sometimes they're in an abusive relationship because of the fact that they don't have a high enough self-esteem or self-worth and they've let themselves stay in a bad situation for way too long. And, and they still think that they're going to change the other. And I try to help them own their own sovereignty in the situation to where if, if they can become sovereignly clear of their own autonomy as loving themselves and taking good care of themselves, then will staying in that relationship even be appropriate? Right, exactly. Yeah, because ultimately, no no abusive relationship can survive as an abusive relationship unless there is a victim willing to be and play the role of the victim. The mm-hmm. moment that that victimhood role changes is the moment the nature of the relationship changes. And how that's going to play out, that's going to vary from one relationship to the next, but it's got to change one way or another. And each relationship, even if it's like, unwanted characteristics in your partner that doesn't involve any abuse. It's just sort of things that, that you don't maybe feel resonance with the way that they, you know, do certain things in their life or something that um, if we, if, if we connect to our source self and we, we see our own life more and more from the perspective of source and we see that our partner from the perspective of source, then eventually they'll either, it, the, the relationship will either transform it more in, in the direction that we want it to go or the two people will move apart. And that, but that'll happen organically because, right. you know, because if, if I'm taking care of myself and my relationship to source, I, I will, you know, eventually just not be vibrating with what my partner's vibrating with. That's right. If she, if she's not taking care of, or she or he, or, you know, if it's a, you know, just a friend, even, you know, it's like, I'll, I'll move away from that friend. If, if they're not in alignment with their source self and I'm in alignment with my source self, it just won't, there won't be that, that resonance between the two of us the way I see it. Yeah. Abraham talks a lot about vibration and the concept of vibration really works well, better than we might uh, originally think when we look at the relationship between an abuser and an, and an abused victim, because actually their two vibrations are compatible in the yeah. role of abuser and abused victim. Right. What once the abused victim changes their own vibration, now they're out of vibration alignment with each other. So something has to give. If they're mm-hmm. out of vibrational alignment and the abuser doesn't give up on being an abuser, the relationship falls apart. It has to. If mm-hmm. on the other hand, the the change gets made by the victim and the victim is you know thinking positively and and focusing on the positives of the abuser and the abuser, in a sense, absorbs those, then the abuser starts changing his behavior. He starts changing his attitude. He starts changing the way he thinks about the relationship Yeah. in order to try to get it back into alignment. You know, so, mm-hmm. so those are the two, from, from a vibrational perspective, those are the two possibilities. And which one uh, it's going to play out to is going to depend on you know, how, how well the, the victim person changes their victim mentality and and how the abuser decides to respond if the abuser decides not to respond in any way and just keep going then the thing falls apart real fast it's not like anybody has to do anything about that it just kind of falls apart fast yeah and the person who's being abused really has to understand that they i I encourage my clients who are in that position is not think that you can change that other person right by your um just because you you think of all their positive qualities exactly it's i because i've noticed that a number of people i've talked to have beat themselves up about their they they come to me beating themselves up about the fact that they must not be trying hard enough to to love the other person you know they must not be good enough at at you know thinking about that person's positive qualities and i'm thinking oh boy that that can be a real a real catch 22, a real can of worms, because you, you know, if you blame yourself, that's, you're just then even adding insult to injury. You're abusing yourself by assuming that, you know, you're beating yourself up by thinking that you can change this other person. And it's better to get really in love with yourself, find ways to really start doing a tremendous amount of self care and getting in front of the, doing that mirror work and yeah. and all those kinds of things to ask my to ask yourself, am I aligning with my higher self in a way that I'm truly loving, and truly giving to myself the life that I really need to have, or am I thinking that it depends on this other person finally treating me right? And that can be a, a never-ending situation mm. because we're looking for an external 
another to give us validation that we're okay or, you know, to somehow make our lives peaceful. That's just never going to happen from another person. Which, by the way, reinforces the victimhood mentality. <laughs> that is yeah. part of the victimhood mentality right there, that, you know, the other person's uh, well-being is dependent on what I do and vice versa. Well, yeah. that doesn't work. It has never worked and it can, it can never work. But nevertheless, that's part of the mentality. Yeah, I'm, I think it seems like there's a lot of relationships in the world that are these kind of things are going on. And uh, that's why I think sovereignty is so important to in a in a good healthy relationship and i mean one of the questions of this particular podcast was you know how do you attract an ideal relationship into your life and right. i think that mm -hmm. that's really key to it is that each of the two people have have sovereignty and of course we can only take care of our own sovereignty which means that we're aligning with our own source self um and learning to do that consistently like you were saying, whether it's in regard to relationship or money or health or anything to, you know, saying what is alignment for me in this situation? You know, yeah. what does it mean for me to be like in relation to money? You know, how do I how do I align, you know, quit listening to the thoughts that are saying, you know, that you're going to end up destitute or you're going to end up broke or you're going to end up in a bad situation financially because every time those thoughts come up, it's just like negative self-talk and it's just, it's never going to help. It's always going to be, you know, but we might have to acknowledge that we're having those thoughts and, you know, be willing to accept that. That's how, that's how we think. But then how long do we stay there and, or how long do we, we finally just say, okay, I have to quit thinking about anything like that. I, I need, I need to, I need to think about the stuff that I really want to have happen in my life and do it in a, in a, in a, in a loving way because it can't, we can't beat ourselves up about the fact that we're thinking wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, one of the other contributors to the book is actually one of two people who are new friends of Louise and mine. Uh, we mm -hmm. reached out in December, I think I've told you, we reached out in December to a number of people locally um, yeah. trying to develop more LOA friends, and these two people are from uh, about uh, 25 miles away from where we are, and so it's not, real, not a real long distance. And We've gotten to know them. We've gotten to like them. They're great to hang out with. We've closed two restaurants together. I mean, we're, we just have a good time with them. <laughs> well, well, Mike, uh, uh, one of the two people there, Mike has talked about how, and he tells actually in his story in the book, how he was divorced, um, he was homeless, and I can't remember what the third thing was. And shortly after that, he visited his kid's family in Arizona, came back to Connecticut, um, got a room with a friend of his who said you could stay until you get yourself situated. And then at one point, he and his friend had a bonfire. His friend liked to make bonfires. He came home and found his friend you know, making the bonfire. So they said, well, let's have some beers. So they sit down before the, the, the fire. And about their fourth beer, Mike says to himself, you know what? I'm going to take all the paperwork associated with all this bad stuff in my, in my background. And I'm just going to burn it. And so he went and got all the paperwork and literally threw it on the bonfire and burned it. And he mm -hmm. says, from that moment on, his entire life changed. So oh, wow. basically, That's he cool. found a symbol, a, a symbolic way to just take all the old garbage, the lo the luggage he'd been carrying along all this time, and throw it out. I yeah. thought that that was a really clever way to do it. I you love know? I love it that you just told that story because I've had sitting in my in my living room where I, sort of my office of my condo, I've had this box of my old journals oh. that's been sitting here for three months, and I brought it upstairs i brought it here because i wanted to um burn it oh no kidding <laughs> and, yeah and um and it's taken me three months i still haven't burned it through all this you know the colder months i should have been burning it yeah right it's starting, starting to get a little warmer but i as ironically tonight was the night i decided to burn them was after oh, our no kidding talk yeah i it's actually on my list of things to do tonight and wow. i finally said it's going to finally happen. See, it, it's been hard for me to burn them because they represent all this stuff I've been through, right, oh, in okay. the past. And so I think, I think, well, I mean, doesn't that have some value to me? And, of course, people say keep your journals because they can be memoir. You can write your memoirs from them and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I, I just feel the same way that your friend did in the sense that I'm, I'm, I kind of have to move out. It looks like I'm having to move out of this condo I've been in for four years and I'm thinking getting rid of so many different things from my past, but everything has got a hook in me. 
right? Mm. Of some sort. And I don't mean that has to be negative hook, but mm-hmm. it's a hook, yeah. you know, and it's, it's a hook to my past and it's a hook to something that I lived already long ago, in most cases. And yet I'm keeping them for some reason. And often the reason I'm keeping them is for, you know, the fear, almost like that if I get rid of it, I'm getting rid of some part of me mm. or something that I may need. I, I somehow think I may need it in the future for right. some reason. Yeah, oh, I, I know actually, that feeling. Sure. Yeah. I think we all do. And it's a great, I love that you told the story of your friend, you know, like feeling so much relief. I've had other friends tell me the relief they felt when they've gotten rid of clutter in their lives. And I've been getting rid of a lot of it, but I feel like I'm still you need to cross this Rubicon of really getting rid of stuff in a way that it says to me, I live in the present moment going forward and I don't really live in the past anymore and I don't really need it. You know, it's not to disregard the beauty of the past and the wonderful friendships and the, all that I've been through and the books I've read and all I've learned, but it, do I still need to carry that? Or if I freed myself from it, would I, would it open up my life to, new perspectives would it allow new energies to come in and i think it does yeah that's what happened with mike it certainly helped yeah. him a lot i mean literally and i won't uh, ruin his story because it's a key portion of his story but it opened up his life to a series of events that happened really quickly mm-hmm. that that transformed things for him wow. so you know for him it was leaving stuff behind that was holding him down like an anchor and he basically left the anchor behind by burning it that's great yeah I think some of the things that are more subtle anchors in our life, uh, subtle, um, you know, what, what's the word? They, they're subtly affecting us. Subtle, subtle beliefs, you might say. Mm-hmm. Um, they're 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 subtle enough that, you know, that they're just they're going on autopilot underneath things. Um, I, I notice that in when I ask myself, if I'm not manifesting a certain thing in my life. I ask myself, well, what really is the attitude I'm telling the universe about that thing? Now, I might think I have a pretty good attitude and I'm neutral or I'm even positive about it. But sometimes when I'm really honest, I realize my attitude is I'm not I'm not really excited about the new thing. I'm more tentative about, you know, the old things pull on me or or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in a neutral place that there is no real openness there for the change to take place i guess is what i'm saying you know mm-hmm. there's there's still an undercurrent of the old belief and and then i start trying to notice well how am i repeating that old belief still in my life and sometimes i come to see that wow a good part of my life is still lived in the residue of that old fear or that old worry or that old doubt it's just amazing how often that happens just amazing <laughs> it really is i mean yeah any time that I was looking at my own negative junk, you know, and I had plenty of it, <laughs> I, I I was the all-time champion of carrying around junk. But, <laughs> but when I looked at my own junk, it was just incredible when I looked at how there'd be like one seminal event that happened, you know, five years before or whatever it might be. And in most people's lives, it would be one of those things that they just kind of shrug off, and I hung on to it, and I made it linger and linger and linger and linger until today it was this lingering thing that just never went away and that I couldn't let go of. And I'm thinking, wow, what a number I'm doing on myself. And I didn't mm-hmm. even know it. Here mm-hmm. I am. Get, I, I now have tangible evidence in front of me that I've been doing this number on myself. Now that I know it, am I saying, well, heck, I'm going to throw this out right away? No, I'm hanging on to it some more. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. You learn yeah. so many things about yourself when you explore this kind of thing. You, you do, and it's a, it's a big uh, – it's kind of a big process for me. I, I find that, like, in this relationship question, that I was – that I was been carrying this belief pretty strongly in me, and it's just an old belief that I grew up with and that I've seen a lot of my friends live out of this belief, which is you pick a person, um, you date them, um, you you make a decision that yes they don't have everything i want i'm i'm just going to compromise and she'll just compromise and we'll make the best of it and um at first we're in love and then eventually the love wears off and then you know you 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 tolerate the other person's things you don't like and they tolerate yours and um that's that's the way it goes and and so 
of course, the, if I think that way, if I, if I have any kind of belief like that in me, then I'm going to be really careful about who I pick. And so yeah. I'm going to be trying to find somebody who's got all these really great qualities so that I can say, you know, it's like, well, you know, I want, I want this person who's going to be, you know, I just get one shot at this. So give me someone who's a culmination of everything I've been wanting. And, and who's also going to be everything I might need to have later, you know, like make sure that they're, they've got all these great qualities because I'm only going to get one shot at this and I got to get it right. And, you know, realizing that really the way it happens, and this is the thing I'm starting to accept now is that I need to play more in dating and have just have more fun with people with women instead of expecting them to be the whole enchilada Mm. and not have my focus be on looking for, you know, the whole enchilada, you know, because that's way too much to expect of anybody. And it's way too much to put on my own self in dating. How could I have fun if I'm constantly evaluating her against everything I wish she could be, you know? And then for sure, I'm going to start noticing the things she isn't because nobody could be all those things. Sometimes it's a person that's just only exists in my imagination, you know? What, what I found, I, what I found yeah. with my own relationship with Louise, is well before I met Louise, and I've told this before, I, my relationship record was a disaster, and there's no nice way to sugarcoat it. It was a disaster. It was just one failure after yeah, another. Yeah, nothing, yeah. nothing ever worked. But when I met Louise, um, I finally reached the point where I had to decide: Did I want to spend my life with her? Mm-hmm. And mostly, I wanted to, but. You no, know, I had the same kind of doubts you were expressing. And was she perfect in every way? No, but then again, neither was I. So that wasn't quite as important for me. But the big realization for me was love. Because mm-hmm. what I realized is that the love I felt for her was not the kind of love I had felt for others. It mm-hmm. was not a love of lust. It was not a love of chemical high. It was not a love of you know, like this this passionate thing. It was a, some people would call it a deeper kind of love, and I, suspo- I suspect that that's true. I don't think that word really expresses it for me. It mm-hmm. was more a love of, a love that would endure. Uh, there's, I can't think of a better way to say it, but I, it was just constant. Mm-hmm. And it, I have felt it to this day. Mm-hmm. That's what enabled me to not only, you know, kind of overlook some of the things that, were not ideal in my in my eyes and probably things uh, for her just the same thing you know, things about me that weren't ideal but it wasn't so much even that I overlooked them it's that through the eyes of that love I found that many of those things that were not you know quite perfect when I looked at them from a different uh, perspective from the from the perspective of the love they changed mm-hmm. they morphed you know, something yeah. that I thought was just like a real negative. Well, I'll tell you what the big one was. I mentioned it to you on Monday. The biggest one was that she didn't want to have children. Right. That was huge. Mm-hmm. That, that In many cases in the past, that probably would have been a deal breaker for me. But through the eyes of the love that I was feeling for her, it changed. And I, I, I have trouble explaining how it changed. Yeah. But it changed. It, it, was, it, it did lose its importance. But more than that, I just saw a different side to the relationship. I, I saw a side of the relationship that had nothing to do with having children. And that mm-hmm. side emerged through the love. Right. Right. You know, it, became, it, it almost became a non-factor. And today it is basically a non-factor. I don't really think about that much at all anymore. But mm-hmm. th- I guess that's my point. Here was this huge thing. It was a really huge thing. And just because of the love I felt for her over time – it just morphed into something else. And mm-hmm. the something else, was basically, it's what our life turned into. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure I could even describe that in a single word. I'm not sure there is one. <laughs> but, but nevertheless, that's what happened. So mm-hmm. you were really right on, I thought, earlier on when you talked about how the whole thing is malleable. It is malleable, including the stuff that I thought was not malleable. Yeah, yeah, I, I love, I love that. I actually wanted before this show to to listen to a whole Abraham segment where they talk about this because I, I find it to be one of the most marvelous things about relationship is that when you, when you begin to focus on your own alignment with source and you take your focus off anything that you're calling dis, dis, disagreeable qualities in the relationship, and that that then 
this almost like miraculously these ideal conditions start to emerge that bring about what both partners are looking for yeah. in an ideal relationship. And they were even saying, Abraham was saying, source knows how to orchestrate this stuff and the source will blow your mind with it. You know, mm -hmm. they said, it'll give you, it'll, it'll continue to blossom and give you everything you want because you consistently see your partner through the eyes of source and you see yourself through the eyes of source and you use your partner as an excuse to line up with source, source energy rather than use your partner as a reason to, to get, um, unaligned with source energy. Um, you know, they, they say, when you feel positive emotion with another, ask, what is it that I'm focused upon within you that I'm using as my excuse to turn into who I really am, to tune into who I really am? Yeah, that, that's and if quite you're a feeling, thing. <laughs> huh? That's quite a thing. And if you're feeling negative emotion, ask, what is it I'm focused on within you? I'm using it as my excuse to not be who I really am. Mm. Yeah. If you say your your behavior makes me feel bad, then you're totally disempowered. Yep. Instead, say, what is it that has me separated from my source self when I look at these unwanted behaviors in you because I'm not able to see you as source is seeing you? Um, anytime you're feeling negative emotions, stop and say, I wonder how source within me is seeing you. I love how they tell parents to do this with children. Like when, yep. when, when they're not digging the way their kid's acting, and even if the kid's been acting out like this for a bunch they said, go to your room as a parent and ask yourself, how come I can't see my kid the way Source sees my kid right now? Yeah. You know? it's and a great why am I too. feeling disalignment, this disalignment, out of alignment, and I'm feeling this sadness and this anger toward my kid is clearly the sign that Source is not seeing it the way that I'm seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's an excellent question. And it's a question we really should be asking more often. Because the simple fact is, whenever we're out of alignment, we're feeling bad. So whenever we're feeling bad, that means we're out of alignment. And if we're not yeah. in alignment, that means that source sees it differently. Yeah. It's a great question. So how does how does source actually see it? It blows my mind that source always sees everybody as completely cool. Yeah, you know, everybody is beautiful in the That's eyes right. of source, and complete, and not missing anything, and perfectly on their path in the direction they need to go. And and so, you know, you could see somebody who's, you know, shooting up heroin or something and completely an addict, yeah. and yet Source doesn't see him as no. a screw-up, you no. know? I mean, I love it how sometimes someone's talking to Abraham and they've been an alcoholic and, and they're sort of being a little bit remorseful in the way they're talking and Abraham is saying, don't go there. You know, it's like you, you, choose, you chose to do that for all the right reasons at the time. You know, you, you, that's what you knew to do to try to get alignment. It didn't get you alignment. You know, it, it, it was not, you know, when you had to go through this whole thing to eventually learn what does get you alignment, but don't make any part of your journey wrong, you know? Um, so it's, there's so much to learn from this stuff, you know? Yeah. Don't make any part of your journey wrong. That That's a hard one for many of us. I would say for most of us, because there are certain parts of our journey that we don't feel real good about. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when, you know, it's so great to meditate. I mean, I, I recommend to my clients and what I do myself is stop during the day, if you can, a bunch of times and spend a couple of minutes with your eyes closed and just meditating and remembering the fact that you are source, you are an infinite being, and you are completely okay. You, you're never going to get it wrong. And you're never going to get it done. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty much sometimes that just sounds like words. What do you mean? I'm never going to get it wrong. You know, well, I know I mean, my mind hard. blipped with the first time I heard them say that. You're never going to get it wrong. You're never going to get it done. And I said, what? Yeah. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so much in our society has taught us that we're, we're wrong a whole bunch, you know, throughout our day. You know, like, oh, I didn't do that right. And, oh, I'm not thinking about that in the right way. And, oh, I'm not, I'm not focusing on my positive qualities. I'm focusing on my negative qualities. I'm doing that wrong, you know. And, <laughs> I mean, there was a guy who recently died that was a friend of a friend of mine. And I actually knew this guy. He died of like liver cancer and he was into law of attraction. And my friend said that, you know, it turned him off so much to law of attraction because this guy was dying. He was going, I know I just didn't get aligned the way I should have. You know, I, I know that I, I could have beat this liver cancer if I could have just gotten in, in alignment. You know, and I'm and so it made my friend think. God, law attract if a law of attraction makes you think like that, I don't want anything to do with it. Mm. Um, That's understandable. And so, 
Huh? That's understandable. I could see that reaction. Yeah. I, it's not yeah. one I would have, but I could see And I don't know if one. the guy was really expressing that. That's how my friend perceived it, you know, because the guy really might have might have been at great peace with himself. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. But I can see how people could get down on themselves if they if they transfer that same shame, blame, blame and guilt to how they how they practice law of attraction, they could just keep that momentum going. Well, if Abraham is correct, and I suspect they are because they usually are, <laughs> their stuff is amazingly accurate. Um, if they're correct, then every one of us, at the moment that we're ready to die, we're ready to die. It's not like we yeah. really want to keep living. We are choosing the death. Yeah, we're choosing right. the transition back to just pure non-physical. So yeah. clearly when he died, according to that hypothesis, then he was ready to go. Um, yeah. Did he say that he could have beaten it if he got into alignment? Probably did. Do the two contradict each other? Depends how you look at it. Yeah. Exactly. You, you could look at it that, yes, it does contradict. Or you could say, well, at what point in time did he say, did he feel like he, he should have gotten into alignment and didn't? And at what point in time did he decide to give up? Were they at the same point in time? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't know how much understanding that particular person had who died, nor the person who interpreted to me what the guy said. That's right. Uh, I know that the person who interpreted it to me tends to see things from that perspective of mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't want anything to do with law of attraction because it's it 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 makes um, the victim wrong. You know, <laughs> interestingly and, uh, enough, he used the law of attraction to find a way to justify that. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's er- everything I see in our lives is is a reflection of how. We're really thinking, you know, and um, that's why we can constantly tune ourselves based on our feelings. You know, the feelings are telling us how to get back in alignment. That's why feelings are so amazing, like you were saying at the beginning of the podcast, because they they tune us back into the alignment with how does source see this? If I'm feeling out of sorts about this, if I'm feeling sad or angry or fearful, what what is it that I'm missing in the way that source would see this? And we haven't really touched on this, but I want to mention it. I think it's, I, I have become very aware that it is really important to have friends. And the reason why it's important to have friends, and ideally friends who are like-minded, is that in those times where we get to a really difficult place, like your, your friend of a friend who is facing liver cancer and mortality through liver cancer, that's when we need our friends the most because he said it. He said, I tried to get back into alignment and I couldn't pull it off. Mm-hmm. It, the first thought that goes to my mind when I hear that is, I wonder how many LOA friends he had who he could talk to to help him get there. Mm-hmm. Because I'm willing to bet he probably didn't have many of those. He probably mm-hmm. had friends, but I'm willing to bet there weren't many LOA friends he could just reach out to and say, hey, I'm struggling here. Can you help me? I'm convinced yeah. that the more friends we have who are like-minded, who are on the same wavelength in that sense that we are, the more people we can reach out to when the really difficult things happen in life, how incredibly higher the odds are that we're going to succeed. And indeed, positive psychology as a discipline have reaffirmed this in their own way in many ways. They, they don't actually advocate anything having to do with the law of attraction, but they certainly advocate the idea of whoever has a large, strong social network is much more likely to succeed in achieving their goals than someone who doesn't. And, and the numbers are staggering in that uh, oh, in that yeah. measurement, just absolutely staggeringly different. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's why I really want to keep developing my social networks because I've I've had big social networks, but now I don't have a, a real big LOA social network. <laughs> yeah. And I need that. I need more like-minded LOA. That's why I'm glad I'm doing this podcast. For yeah, me too. Me too. I'm glad that. And uh, every time I'm with a client, it's great because they're yep, always sure. they're always LOA folks, you know, who call. Absolutely. Who yeah. Yeah, that makes some better. understanding of it, and they and they want to learn more about it. You know, yep. which is great. Yeah, which is terrific. I, I'm glad that Louise asked me last December. Well, if we're going to, you know, be spending more time focusing on learning about how to apply the law of attraction and so forth, we need other friends who do the same thing. And I, and, and the first thing I thought was, well, sure, I'll be glad to do that. And the second thing I thought was, why didn't I think of that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought it was a great mm-hmm. idea. What did it take yeah. me so long to come to that conclusion? I'm glad she said it. You know. Yeah, that's great. That's and beautiful. it led to us manifesting, among others, Mike and Anna Marie. The, the, Mike was the one I was just telling you about. You know, uh-huh. So it, it's been a really great journey just from that perspective because we're expanding our LOA circle. I love that. It's, I think it's yeah, fantastic. I love that. No, yeah. I love that. I should do that more around here. I've gone to a bunch of LOA meetings, but uh, hasn't I haven't yet jumped into the lives of a few of those people I have, but 
hasn't been anybody that's really, you know, reached out to, you know, or I felt to reach out to them or them to me that much. But I do have friends that I talk about LOA with. Well, what's going to be oh, really cool. Way, are we going to end on the hour or are we going to keep going? Oh, we can go over a little bit. It's not a big deal because okay. this isn't used on yeah. PRN. That's why we're always going for one hour because most of the shows also play yes. on PRN. But the Tuesday night show is the one show that does not play on PRN. So that's why we yeah. can go over a little bit. Does it? Does this show play on other podcast networks? Or? No, it, but it, it appears in our podcast uh, list. So it appears in the list right. of, of playable shows. And, and that's where mm -hmm. most of our listeners are anyway. So most listeners do get to hear this. Um, okay. But uh, – the the um where was i going i was going to uh, add something to what we were just talking about <laughs> i forgot what it was <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Sorry, oh, I dear. no that's all right that's all right stuff happens like that i i know where i was trying to go in general i just can't remember what the what the specific point was but in general i was just going to the the joy of having that that loa circle oh, because yeah. because that joy is great oh i know what it was um the longer that you stay doing the podcast with me, or maybe we evolve it so that you're doing it with others or however it works out, the longer that you end up doing it, that's the bottom line. I'm, I'm willing to bet at some point you're going to get a contact from somebody in somewhere around your section of Colorado saying, oh, I, I heard you on the podcast. I've been listening for the last you know five months or so. I thought I'd give you a call because that's what happened with two of the listeners, you know, uh -huh. both, both Dave and uh, – Oh, I'm sorry. I can't remember what her name is. Lucy. Dave and Lucy both uh, contacted me and said, hey, I'm a listener. Can we can we meet sometime? I said, sure. <laughs> That's great. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it is great. Really I great. mean, it, it was an amazing experience. And when you have that, you're going to say, wow, this is great. This is really good stuff. Mm. So I, I can't yeah. wait to hear that. I don't know when it's going to be. It could be months before it happens for all I know. But at some point, it's going to happen to you. And, well, and I would love to have it happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's I, I've actually thought of just starting my own meetup, LOA meetup group that meets once a week. Because that would be hard to do. Or even once every two weeks. And there are a number of LOA meetup groups around. And it's generally always the same group of people, which is... Sure mainly a group of women which is fine you know and i've gone to a number of those meetings but um like i say i haven't developed any lasting friendships out of it um i developed a few things but not not any really lasting friendships well we know what the formula is the formula is to think what it is that you want and then take action inspired <laughs> from within based on where you want to go so yeah. you, you yeah. know the formula that's the best part of all <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm confident that I'll we'll continue to expand my horizons and my possibilities because that's what I'm always doing. That's a good thing too. That's very good. Well, we are past the hour mark. We should probably draw to a close. We didn't get a caller this week, but uh, there have only been two weeks where that happened. Three other weeks we had callers, so you know it's probably going to happen next time. That's all right. It'll happen when it happens. But it's been good. I'm, this has been a good conversation. I'm sure anyone listening yeah. to this podcast is going to get some good stuff out of it. So that alone makes I it worthwhile. So. Yeah, I tried. I tried to cover the idea of relationships as much as I could. Keep bringing it back to that because that's what the podcast is about this time, and because it's of great interest to me too, and I'm sure, sure. It is to you too. Oh yeah, absolutely. And hey, we can keep doing variations on it for you know a few episodes. Oh, yeah. uh, among the ones that you and I do together because it's it's one of those evergreen topics. It doesn't go away. <laughs> it is. I, I intend to just keep recycling it from time to time from different aspects, you know, because yeah. I like to do the podcast about something that's currently up for me in my life. And it's certainly relationships is really up for me right now, big time. Oh, yeah. I, I love anything that, that ties directly into my own life because I get more out of it. I mean, yeah. I, I back when I was only doing one podcast a week, a week and uh, most recently it was with David. And then before that, it was with Joel, particularly when it was with Joel. I mean, I was hunger after you know, doing th this week's podcast on something related to something going on in my life because it just made it such a better experience than it already was. I mean, already it was a good experience just doing the podcast, but tying it into something going on in my life is like 20 times better. It was wonderful. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I totally get that part. I, I would like to read this one last quote. Um, sure. And then you, you can have the last word. But um, this is like when Abraham was talking about um, how do you attract an ideal relationship into your life. And he said, they said, we like it when you focus your mind deliberately, you know, on the details of what you want and that you, you should be as picky as you want to be. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing. They said, but we want to say to you, you've been asking, 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 and there literally is a treasure map over there in vibrational escrow mm -hmm. in your vortex. 
that has not left out anything. Not one thing is left out of what you want. Yeah. And when and when you're chilling, when you let go and you give up the struggle, you give up the feeling of responsibility that you have to single-handedly get out there and hone from this universe the perfect mate because the universe has already figured out not only who, but where, how, and when, and will give you step-by-step saying to you, come this way, come this way, <laughs> come this way impulses, unless you're fretting over the fact that you can't find it. So basically, the universe is always telling us, you know, that, that which way to go towards finding this really wonderful person in our life, unless we're worried about finding them. <laughs> and by the way, the same rule also applies if you're trying to find money or you're trying to find health or you're trying to find uh, you know social network or anything else you're trying to find it applies to all of it it's the same yeah. rule over and over and over again which is pretty yeah. cool before we leave uh, i do want to give you your opportunity for somebody who's looking for coaching how do they reach out to you uh they can go to my website which is urjoy.com and that's y-o-u-a-r-e-j-o-y.com and there's a page on that website where they can sign up for a free coaching session with me. I like to give a person a chance to have a free hour with me, and then they can decide whether they want to continue to do more coaching or not. All right. Sounds good. Tom, it's been a pleasure. We'll talk again on Friday. Thank you, Walt. I really appreciate it. All right. And we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.